Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside Jonathan, and we are back for episode number 88. Speaking on behalf of myself and Jonathan, we appreciate everyone for listening in today. Before we begin, let's give a round of applause to all who have decided to join us today. We thank you and hope that you continue to press play at your own convenience. Yeah, so before we get started, you know, wanted to sort of apologize to our audience because normally our episode would would actually be posted by now, but life happens, things occur, and unfortunately, you know, based upon our tardiness, this episode will be sort of late, but you know, it's okay, and I hope that after this conversation we have today, you will be blessed but you know we understand that every week we try to get at least one episode out just so happened to be that this week was at least starting it was pretty tough and we owe it to our audience that has been with us that's consistently be listening and playing it and whether they're going to work or whatever they might be doing join us we just wanted to extend that apology out that you mean a lot to us and we're gonna try to be a little bit better when it comes to that so we both want to apologize for behalf of Daniel and myself. But we also want to talk about Daniel. He had a birthday. So what do you want to tell the people about how you spend your birthday? And what can you share moving into the new up and coming age that you are? What are you expecting to look forward to? And what are you trying to do better? Or what have you learned being on this earth? So, Jonathan, I almost feel like you don't remember how old I turned. I know how old you told, but the audience doesn't. I think they should how, hear from How you. old did I turn? 27 now. Okay, okay, so Jonathan is correct. I am 27 years old, but, you know, we have to make sure that he's staying sharp because sometimes his memory could be... <laughs> yeah, you thought you were going to catch me slipping this time. Yeah, you no, know, I wasn't aware. sure at first. I was like, well, the wording of this sounds strange, but he, he definitely he remembered. Of course so, I remembered uh, I got to experience Korean barbecue for my birthday, which was, uh, it was okay, actually good. Tell. It was a good do time. Um, I was also working on a project, which was my um, computer, which is, which has been uh, like uh, a crazy experience. And we'll say that. And just honestly going into 27, the main thing is just to always stay consistent. And I think the main thing I've learned is to always just continue to put in the work. That's, I think that's the main thing. Continue to put in the work. And uh, hopefully it has its, its own payoff. So I think that's, yeah, that's that's the most I can really share in terms of lessons or experiences. Anything you're looking forward to? Anything I'm looking forward to? Um, I'm looking to see how September is going to come around because I have some goals set for that. So okay. we'll see how things are in September. All right. It's a long way to go, right? Still got to get through the summer, but I suppose there's a mark, right? And at least on our show, we don't believe in. We actually believe in themes and not resolution. So that should be interesting, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, so we say what a goal without a deadline isn't really a goal. So, oh, you want to elaborate on that? What's, what's that mean for you? Well, I feel like if you don't put um a time clock or, or the pressure on yourself 
and not in, it doesn't have to be like pr- pressure is not negative. It's all sorts of good kinds of pressure. So if you set a goal, but you don't have a deadline, then it's like it happens when it happens. But if you're moving towards like if you're setting your intention to move towards something and you have a time frame in your mind, I feel like you're more likely to try to accomplish it by then. Or you'll take more steps to to make sure it happens by that timeline. So yeah. Okay. But without a deadline isn't really a goal. All right. So thank you again for listening and we hope that what we are gonna talk about today blesses you. So let's get to prayer first and foremost before we dive into what we're gonna look at in the word today. So oh God in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you for an abundance of things, whether that's direction, understanding, love, peace, strengthening just to name a few based upon your word lord we know that you are able to do immeasurable more than all we think acts or imagine according to your power that is at work within us so i recommend that we all should pray daily to be reminded that he who is in us is greater than he who's in the world based upon your word which is which is high which is the high authority over our lives we know that you are not the author of confusion instead you are the author and perfecter and finisher of our faith lord we pray that as a body of believers we do not lean on our own understanding lord yes it is true that we tend to believe that we are wise in our own eyes at times but we should pray for faith to trust in you lord with all our hearts moreover in all our ways we should start to submit to you and return says that you make our path straight so lord i believe that i'm a living testimony of that and for those who have yet to experience that i pray that they will as well in due time we thank you today and as we go into your word today and every day we pray that your word reminds us that your word can lift us up that it can encourage us that it could also get us to know who we are in christ jesus encourage us in ways that we've never thought we could be encouraged but more importantly that your word can remind us to be better and do better that it can inform us to step it up as children of god now all those who are in agreement with that we say this in jesus name we pray amen amen yeah so today we move on to part three in the sermon on the mount specifically to be at but before we move forward though I want to make sure that I say thank you to all those who have been giving us some amazing feedback when it comes to part one and part two of this series we've been doing so far. Know who you are. Thanks for the encouraging words that you were blessed by myself and Daniel's breakdown when it comes to the text. It also feels good to know that people are appreciating the work we do here every week. So let's begin by unpacking the next verse in Matthew chapter five. Oh, and by the way, the goal, of course, is never to spend long periods of time on any given verse. However, sometimes it's really important to really understand what any given verse really means. In a setting like this, it's important to be clear and thorough, right? So let me give you a simple example to what I'm talking about. For those who love cleaning, right, when you clean anything, such as your car, your apartment, your home, room bathroom or kitchen there's something called surface cleaning and there's something called deep cleaning now i don't know about y'all but i love 
do some deep cleaning. I like to know that the places that I operate and that I live in are thoroughly clean, not surface clean. So bear with me when it comes to us digging deep for clarity and understanding, right? The Bible is clear when it explains the importance of wisdom, right? In the book of Proverbs, it says that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and before thy getting, get understanding. And that comes out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7. So, let's unpack that further, right? Principle simply means the most important. That's what principle means, the most important. I've said this before, and it's worth mentioning once more. The Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. And there's patterns, and there's principles, precepts. Now, I've mentioned what the principal thing is, so it's interesting to know that the Bible is full of principles. So there are certain things that are most important. And with that understanding, you will have the wisdom, which is the ability to discern and the courage to choose what is beneficial or what is wrong. Let's move forward now with unpacking our verse for today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. We're going to look at this in the English Standard Version. And of course, Daniel, at any given moment, if you want to add or you want further explanation, you're entitled to do that. This is the open forum for us to kind of unpack God's word and relate it to everyday life. So you're entitled to give your opinion or your thoughts or whatever notes you provided came to unpacking this text for this week. So Matthew 5 verse 5 in the English Standard Version. Before I get into Matthew 5 verse 5 for the English Standard Version, I just want to also add something about going deep on on these verses and digging in for clarity and understanding. Sometimes I know from my own personal experience when it comes to listening to messages, sermons, or even being in church and hearing a pastor preach, sometimes when I hear a person jumping all over from one verse to the next and then they didn't really explain it too deep or they didn't, they take a verse like, for example, I remember, I don't remember Daniel 12 off my head, but I remember we was listening to a pastor go into an explanation on that. And I didn't feel like he thoroughly explained it or he clearly explained it. I was like, there was so much more to say about that particular verse. So one of the things we really tried to accomplish here on the podcast is we want to make sure there's no turn left on uh, no stone left unturned. I think that is the best way to explain it. So. I think it's better to go deep on something and truly understand it and connect it in different ways, see it from different perspectives. So not only if one person may not understand it that way, but, you know, maybe hearing it from my perspective or Jonathan's view of it, it, it really does allow you to connect with it, not only on a mental level, but most importantly, on a spiritual level. So that's just something that I, I wanted to add. So for right. um, good point, Matthew chapter 5 verse 5 in the english standard version it said blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth all right beautiful so the choice of word here is very interesting here's why i say that there are several ways to look at the meaning of the word meek and why it was used here and what does that meaning mean for the believer who reads this and is looking to get to understand and wants to apply it so i'll give you a few levels of its meaning the word meek can simply mean to be gentle, right? That's the basic understanding of it. However, for us who are truly seeking understanding, its meaning in the context of this verse is not enough of a breakdown if we're looking at just the understanding to 
that the word meek means to be gentle. So I figured we need to go a little bit more. The word meek can simply mean to be, to be gentle, at least to my understanding, is a positive sense of the attitude of the person that's trying to embrace its meaning. However, as I've said before, it doesn't really apply, at least from a much more larger perspective, on what it can actually mean. So I wanted to keep looking for this meaning and this understanding. So I found this. Dan, what did, what did, you, what did you look and see what the word meek means? It means is to show patience, humility, and of course gentleness, as you just said, or it's easily imposed and submissive. Now that's a part of the definition that I think we need to clarify and understand, and that's this term submissive and imposed. But it does give us more clarity that meek doesn't just mean to be gentle; it means to be patient and to show humility. I think that's a pretty interesting thing here. But again. If you are a humble person, I'll say this, you have some humility. If you are a gentle person, then exercising patience shouldn't be a problem. So I asked myself, why is the word submissive used here? So I started to dig deeper. And the origins of meat comes from the Greek word parish, P-A-R-U-S, or paris, which translates as strength under control. Now, there's a story that comes along with this, so bear with me. Not a long story, but its meaning is important. So in the Greek, in ancient Greek, war horses were trained to be meek, which is to be strong and powerful and yet under control and willing to submit. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, human beings make choices all the time. I think we can all agree with that. There are rewards and consequences based upon how we decide to exercise those choices. And in the end, it's ours to make, right? I believe we all can agree with that too. So here's an example, right? Our beliefs in Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, is it a conviction or is it a preference? Now, if you're interested in that, I recommend episode five, which was titled Faith is a Reasoned Trust, right? Shameless plug. But when I talked about our faith in Jesus Christ being a conviction, what I mean is that it's unchangeable even under high-pressured situations and circumstances. Thing is, your belief in Christ still remains. Now look at this from a historical record. How about the first Christians? Something that we've mentioned also on this podcast, and it's also in history, biblical history and in world history. Once the crucifixion happened and Jesus departed and the church, the new church got started, right? There was an individual by the name of Nero Caesar who killed thousands and thousands of Christians, wiping them out, hunted them down for sport in the Coliseum games, and yet many still believed, knowing that they would be killed in the end. That's a conviction. Let's look at a biblical reference to kind of support this and prompt this a little bit more with a stronger meaning when it comes to God's word. So we're going to look at the book of Hebrew chapter 11, verse 32 through 35. And we're going to look at this specifically for the context. And then we're going to go from verse 35 to 40, which is where I want us to really pay close attention to. So, Daniel, can you take a get, take over again? It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 35 first. And what more shall I say? 
For time will fail me to tell of Gideon, Bardock, Samson, and Jebediah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forged justice, obtained promises and stopped the mounts of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, and, re and women received back their dead by resurrection. All right, now let's look at what we really need to look at. Let's look at verse 35 through 40. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to be a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that part from us they should not be made perfect. Now that is what conviction looks like. That's a prime example. By the grace of God, thank God we don't deal with that in the US, but guess what? Other parts of the world, that's a reality. That's what goes on. People are still being persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ. Now when I talked about belief in Jesus being a preference, I'm just pointing out how quickly someone will change their mind based upon new found information they heard about or read and they run with it. So understanding the choice at the end of the day is ours, but I want you to know it takes courage to have conviction. It's not for the faint of heart. Again, it's not for the faint of heart. Jesus was clear in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, when he said, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, or rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Meaning our fear should not be of man, but of God, who is able to do far worse. Again, it takes courage to believe, and your willingness to believe will be tested. Maybe not in a life or death scenario, but simply an acknowledgement among friends, family, acquaintances, even strangers. Jesus was clear when he said, Everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. This is Matthew chapter 10, verse 33. Of course, we haven't gotten to these verses yet, but I think it's apropos to mention them because I want to show you the difference between why we shouldn't fear men who will take our lives and if we're going to be representatives and ambassadors for Christ, we have to understand that to the end, to our very death, it should be a conviction and not a preference. Because, of course, we believe that there is another world on the side of eternity that what's happening to and that we're believing in due to the Holy Spirit, which is promised to us. But this is what it is. This is the challenge that you have to face. Now, I want us to revisit part two for a second. We talked about the importance 
of the word bless that there is a reason why it leads off from verses 3 to 11 in Matthew 5 chapter 5 it means that you are divinely or supremely favored and fortunate now the reason why we're revisiting this is because I want to ask something else to be blessed also means to be made holy consecrated to be holy means to be set apart so let me say this right in part two i explained today that on a scale from one to two being the highest in regards to being blessed we all start out on one and we all are invited to be on two in the scale when it comes to being blessed whether you are saved or unsaved you're blessed how is this you might ask simply put we are alive and we can trace this back and look in the book of genesis chapter 2 verse 7 in the amplified version i want us to see what it says here daniel then the lord god formed that is created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being an individual complete and body and spirit yeah so to be blessed is simply to be alive to be blessed is simply to see to eat, to have a place to lay your head, to have clothes on your back, to reason, to make choices about your future. Those are all blessings we take for granted every day. Remember, we were dust before we were human beings. God gave us life and a purpose, whether we want to believe it or not. To me, it's obvious. The word Adam, who was, first, who was the first of our kind, in Hebrew means earth or soil. I don't think it's by accident that the way we came into this world would be the way we return. And I'm speaking about our bodies, right? The bodies will decay and break down right back into the dust of the ground, which is interesting, right? It shows how we have life due to God. And then when we depart from this world, that same life leaves and then the body breaks down, right? So here's another shameless plug. Episode 10, we did an episode called Evaluating What We May Take For Granted. And there are two verses from that conversation that sum up how blessed we are. All right. So we're going to go to First John. And the reason why we're going to go to First John, because I think it's something, some valuable text here, too, in fact. So let's look at First John chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 7 and 8 in the NIV. Daniel. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous. Just as he is righteous, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So what makes us blessed is that Jesus cared enough about us that he came to address the devil and his personal agenda. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 in the NIV. Daniel? We also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true by being in his son jesus christ he is the true god and eternal life so again we are blessed because jesus showed up to give us understanding about him who is true and that would be god the father so we are blessed because jesus came to destroy the devil's work by being the way the truth and the life and that's obviously in the gospel of john chapter 14 verse 6 and the issue is some of us take this for granted remember forgiveness of sin came at a price that none of us have the ability 
to pay. The reason why the unpacking of these verses are important is because operating in meekness is essentially having the willingness to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of God. I'm going to say that one more time. The reason why the unpacking of these verses are so essential and important because operating in meekness is essentially having the willingness to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of God. So what do you think showing patience and being gentle and humble is all about? It's about taking on the characteristics of being Christ-like. If you understand the price that was paid at the cross for you and I, then being easily imposed and submissive and allowing Christ Jesus to be Lord over your life shouldn't be an issue. Remember, the story that I gave you earlier and an understanding what the word meek originally came from, right? War horses in ancient Greece who were trained to be strong and powerful and yet under control and willing to submit is a sign of meekness. The difference between the war horse and the human beings is our ability to have choice and reason. We are not being trained. We are actually in control. We can decide for ourselves. When it comes to being meek, it's not really about the self-control element. It's choosing to have absolute faith and trust in God. To always turn to God for help and direction. To be gentle and humble, show patience. To be easily imposed and submissive. Not to anyone, but to God specifically. Now, the other half of the verse is simple, right? The reason why the meek are blessed is because they will inherit the earth. So what does it mean to inherit the earth, right? So there's two ways you can interpret it. As believers, because we have submitted to God, he is calling some of us, not all of us, to walk in certain situations that are tough and hard. Maybe God is calling you to be a teacher when you could be a leader, an executive at a huge company. Not my will, but your will be done. You could be a lead. You could be a lead pastor at a mega church, but God is calling you be a counselor at a homeless shelter not your will but his will be done so you might begin to understand that even though you want to make lots and lots of money as a banker maybe an investor however god is calling you to be a voice and encouragement to others as a life coach or even an advisor these are hypotheticals but I've personally spoken to people who have done a lot with their education to find out that God has called them to do something else for the kingdom of God. Where you are making less, but your life is much more meaningful. And it does tell us to live a life worthy of our calling, right? So there is importance to understand that your dreams and aspirations might steer you in one direction, but you might find out later that your purpose, your meaningfulness, your desire to wake up every morning for someone else's sake, might be in a completely different field than what you thought you would be doing your whole entire life. There are some people that I know that have the ability to do both, right? They always wanted to be a pastor or some sort of leader of youth, and they get the best of both worlds. I look at the situation that we're doing right now, right? I believe me and Daniel have other aspirations in life. However, I believe we are trying to encourage and motivate and inspire believers all around the world. That doesn't take away what our dreams and aspirations are in our real life. But this is part of our desire to want to make a change. And it doesn't have to be millions. It can just be the few, right? I think we'll 
regardless of what God is calling you to do, he's equipped you and he's given you that ability, right? I always say this, right? There's an, a philosopher named Aristotle. When he said, in life, you're at the intersection of your gifts, talents, and abilities, and there lies your purpose. So those gifts, talents, and abilities, God has equipped you to be great and to be a mark for change in somebody else's life. You just have to tap and find out what they are. So Matthew 5, 5 can be viewed in ways that are two. And I want to give you this hypothetical or this sum up that most people view Matthew 5, 5 in. And it says, in a way where there were those who forego worldly power will be rewarded in the kingdom of heaven. Simple and very reasonable and understandable. I'll say this again. Matthew 5, 5 can be viewed in a way where there are those who forego worldly powers will be rewarded in the kingdom of heaven. Simply and very reasonable and understandable. The second way you can interpret this is through the lens of two verses. Now, what's beautiful is both of these interpretations are further aspiration, something we can set our hearts on in the future. So the first text for this implication is in Romans 6. Chapter 6, verses 6 to 8 in the English Standard Version. Daniel. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Very simple and direct passage. Let's also go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 in the English Standard Version. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Yeah, so now based on these two scriptures, it is clear that if my faith and Jesus Christ is, is sincere. My faith in Jesus Christ is sincere and legit. And Omi died and Christ lives inside of me as a believer. Then when Jesus Christ comes back to establish his kingdom on earth, when Christ reigns, the scripture says we will also reign. And that would mean in partnership with Jesus Christ. We will inherit the earth. So it's because of our faithfulness to God through Jesus Christ. It's because of our submissiveness and willingness to trust in him. We will be meek. We will also be blessed and rewarded in inheriting the earth. So the way we end here before we jump into the devotion is I would like to make some suggestions moving forward about how we can be more intentional when it comes to exercising meekness. So, Dane, remind the people of the definition of meek one more time, please. Is to show patience, humility, and gentleness, or to be easily imposed and submissive. Thank you. So I'm calling to people to practice meekness. What does that look like, you may ask? Well, to be empathetic instead of sympathetic. What does that mean? Consider a person's history and allow that to help assist in your understanding of why a person operates the way that they do. I'm not saying that they are right. However, everyone has a backstory. And it does help in how you can be a better supporter and encourager of a person. You won't jump to conclusions, but you will take time in how 
you form judgments. If you can try and take pleasure in the joy of others, that's very important. I suggest that you do that as well. Not only that, be invested in others by praying, not just for yourselves, but for them as well. If you're looking at scriptures to support this, you can go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. Remember Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. I said it earlier. Wisdom is the principal thing. And all thy getting, get understanding. You can move appropriately and wisely. Another is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. The definition of love. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I want you to know that the first word that is expressed in the NIV is patient. And that's the first word used in defining meek. Sometimes ideas can overlap. And that shows the importance of the meaning of how the way that you operate can also cover other elements of how you're trying to live Christ-like. When you reflect after a long day or week, I encourage you to carefully find the presence of God. See how God has showed up for you and be glad and rejoice. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Remember, wisdom is the ability to discern and the courage to choose what is beneficial over what is wrongful. Sometimes God's hand is in the work of the enemy to develop your character, to shape form you into a better ambassador and or representative i look no further than romans chapter 5 verse 3 through 5 he says we should rejoice in our suffering because suffering produces perseverance perseverance produces character character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because the holy spirit's been poured out on us very important scripture there when it comes to us understanding the the you know god's emphasis in our lives and what he's trying to do if you're reading his word if you are in the book, I promise that the word is alive and well. Look no further to support this than to go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We look at this in the NIV, Daniel. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing souls and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So if you really reflect, you, you'll see the presence of God over our life. Remember that you sin daily. And as a result, knowing that God has forgiven you over and over again. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34 says, God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble and oppressed. We know that when sin increases, grace increases all the more. I love this passage in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. We're going to look at this also in the NIV and it says what, Daniel? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yeah, so with these suggestions, I this is going to be one of the first times, but I don't believe we need a devotion for once. I'm actually going to agree with Daniel here. But there is a song that I want to mention and I want to bring up, and I think it's something that... In your spare time you should listen to and i've mentioned this artist numerous times on this podcast i think sometimes he does a wonderful job of capturing some of the things that we go through in life and how 
just by a melody, we can embrace and appreciate that it's not just us individually going through this, but there's other believers all around the world that's going through the same exact thing. And it's Kurt Franklin. I want to look. I want you to look at the song called "Could Have Been." Could have been. And if you listen to that song, it really internalizes how a lot of us could have been in so many situations. We aren't. And this is one of the more reasons why practicing meekness allows you not to just see the things that you're going on in your personal life, but see what's going on in other people's lives. And a song like that to me can be galvanizing so that we can really see how a lot of us can bond over the trust and belief that we have in Christ. And with that, if there's nothing else Daniel wants to add, I'm going to let Daniel close out in prayer. I don't really have anything else to add. I think that um, this was a very well-crafted message and it kind of speaks for itself. And I I'm glad that we understand submissiveness in a, in a way that's not so derogatory because I feel we, as a people nowadays in general, have an, a horrible idea, listen, when it comes to what submissiveness means. So I'm glad that this message, I feel, thoroughly explains it. Okay. Hopefully it gives a new perspective to, to people who have a, a problem with the idea of submitting to God or um, submitting to people that even that do good by you. We should all be submitting to each other and, you know, for the people who are doing right by us. So I do want to say this prayer for everyone throughout the week, even though this might be a shorter one. It, it should hopefully serve you well for the rest of the week. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you help us in our ability to live these suggestions out. You told us in your word, with man there are some impossible things, but with God, all things are possible. So allow us to not lean on our own strength, but on yours, which will then make us stronger. Help us throughout the week to be Christ-like and encourage us to come to you for all things and submit to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.